jerk You know it's time to get this work The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine No political corrections Always sleep, fuck being awoke We discuss politics and jokes Cry, we lick There's levels to this shit Before you were sucking on your mama's tit Aries Spears don't give a fuck We talk about race a lot, racism Sexism Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders Rollers, clip loaders We got them in the folders The whole world on our shoulders Spears and Steinberg Yeah! Suicide And all of y'all know my style I excel, then prevail Run up and get trust up Suicide, that's it And all of y'all know my style Yo, from the gate uh, Let's do a little bit of a, a reverse uh, I know usually you give out the dates At the end of the pod uh, But since we're creepin' up on Our New Year's Magoobies, Magoobies. Yeah. yeah. In Baltimore. Yeah. We'll be back out there for New Year's. We're going to be there. Um, the date actually uh, starts uh, the 29th through the 31st. We're going to be out there. Um, but tickets, uh, get your tickets now. I think it's almost sold out for the, especially the uh, the New Year's Eve show. And, you know, I haven't uh, in a while given out the email uh, address, uh, and I know a couple people hit me up on the IG uh, asking me where they can email. So if you have any things you want to get off your chest, <laughs> uh, you want to say, uh, engage with us, the email is Spears 45 at Hotmail. That's Spears 45 at Hotmail. Um, is, that, is that an antique? Is that an antique yes. email address? Okay. Every time I pull it up, there's dust on it. <laughs> I got to blow it off. A um, couple little tidbits uh, before we dive into our main topic of conversation. And I got the name for this podcast, too. Okay, good. Because uh, I just uh, rewatched the last episode of it, and uh, it's perfect. Uh, but real quick, before we get into that, um, dude, I was listening to the Rocky the recent one we did with the emails, I think we, we named it Rocky Disrespect or something like that. No disrespect. no disrespect. Yeah. And there was a joke. And I hate, you know, you know, we do this. The, that, again, that's why I go game tape. When I listen to shit, I go, fuck. This would have been a great moment for a joke if I had said this or that. And when we were doing the Rocky thing and you had me as the press secretary and I was talking to the media, uh, there was this one part where in the in the recording I go, uh, you know I didn't have the best education, you know, and then I, as I was listening to it over the last couple of days, I went, dude, this would have been a great joke if I would have said, uh, you know, I I didn't get the best education, you know, I didn't go to one of those fancy HIV league schools. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little quick, but uh, don't boom. Yeah. That would have been great in that rhythm. Uh, yeah, but dude, you could put Rocky in anything. I, I swear, we, we talked about it. You could do him in anything, and he's uh, the the guy, the Rocky, not Sylvester Sloan, the Rocky character. So, oh yeah, yeah, he's in. But I was just, yeah, no, because because when I was listening to it, there was a lot of great beats, uh, and I as as I'm just going over it in my head, listening to it, I'm going. 
damn, that would have been funny. Or if I said that, that would have been funny. So, you know, once the moment is passed, the moment is passed. But when you're building that momentum yeah. and you're trying to create that avalanche yeah. of comedy, that would have just been perfect. Yeah, I just I just loved it. Anytime you say anything. Uh, and sometimes when you're talking, I don't know if other people notice this, but because it's your voice, and you, you do these these uh, rhythms, you know, and you, when your voice moves around a little bit, sometimes you'll say certain words and I hear certain characters that you have in just regular speech. And it's right. just one word I'll hear and I'll go, oh, and then I, and I'll, it'll just start making me laugh. Just one word. Hilarious. Um, I'm excited about this little piece of news, uh, folks. January 15th, it is back. Season three, Godfather of Harlem. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know what? I've, I've forgotten about it since it's been so On long. Epics. Yeah, it's, I don't know why. You know, I wonder why that is. It seems like they take forever. Uh. To, to to come out with the new seasons. Like I know, uh, I think it's also in January. Uh, what's that show we loved? Uh, Mayor of, uh, what what uh, Jeremy yeah, Renner? Yeah, yeah, I don't remember the name. Mayor of East Town. Is it East Town? So, I don't know. It's some town. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> Mayor, yeah, I think it's Mayor of East Town. Or, or Mayor, it's whatever the town is. But that's coming back. Uh, and like I said, January 15th, Godfather, Godfather of Harlem, season three. And But Jesus, it's been so long since season two but it's here yeah i'm gonna have to go back and watch season two just to remember where we left off though yeah um and other small news i went to go see this movie uh this what was it called the the christmas movie about the santa claus who's kicking ass i don't know you know what i'm talking about uh-uh. the guy's got the candy cane in his mouth on a holy night or horror night or something uh John Leguizamo's in it. It's basically about a Santa Claus, a real Santa Claus who ends up on some like Bruce Willis diehard shit and whoops some uh, would-be robbers asses very violently uh, as they hold these family, this family hostage in this mansion. Um, but anyway, they showed a preview uh, for Woody Harrelson's next film. I forget what it's called, but he's playing a guy who is trying to go from coaching in like the CBA to the NBA. But because somewhere along he did something where he fucks up. So to make amends, he has to coach an entire basketball team of retards. I I, I don't think they said it that way. No, that's one (laughs) of the running jokes in the movie. It is. is Whenever people go, hey, are they? And they start to say the R word. And then Woody Harrelson will like violently punch him in the gut or kick him in the nuts. But you got to see the preview of this movie, dude. Like one of the main star players is the female. And you know the joke I do, McDonough. Like, dude, they are clearly that. In the face, in the actions. And it's like, this is what I'm talking about when I go, Yes, goddammit. This movie is needed. Knock it off with the political correctness shit. These people are making fun of themselves. But the main basketball star is a girl. And the way she talks shit to Woody Harrelson, I mean talk shit to the point where you, like, if he goes all out and insults her for being what she is, she deserves it. She's a cunt, nigga. 
You have to see this preview, Andy, because if you don't see the preview to soft ears, it'll sound like, oh, that's fucked up or yeah, yeah, yeah. shame on you. But when you see this preview, it's they are going for it. No holds barred. They are going for it. I'll look it up afterwards. I, I, I was going to look it up now, but I'll just it'll just take us off what we're doing. Uh, yeah, no, they, they, they well, you know, it's, it's funny because we the main thing we're doing is talk about basketball. Yeah. With, you know, uh, Shaq. But, dude, this fucking preview. And, and, and listen, the attempt at this before was, if you remember that movie with Johnny Knoxville. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I, he, we, yeah, with the Special Olympics. With the Special Olympics. And he's training them like, like to be in like the, the Olympics. But that, in comparison to this, feels like a softer version. They are going for it in this shit. Uh, I'm telling you, when you see the way the girl insults him, and like anything else, you know, the trailer is meant to get you hyped and want to see the film, and it's a buildup. So from the time it starts to the time it ends, the way they cut this thing together with this girl and her bitchiness, and it's like what you're thinking is the nerve of you, bitch, to talk to me like this <laughs> and have this kind of fucking arrogance you are fucking retarded how dare you where is this confidence coming from but dude they play it up i love it i i it sounds i want to see i want to see the preview someone like woody harrelson i believe could pull that movie off so i'm excited i'm excited to go check that out um i'll definitely look for the preview um you said something though you said a name that kind of bothered me and i got stuck in that for a second uh you said uh like bruce willis shit and right. you called me the other day because you said Bruce Willis had passed because somebody I thought he did. Yeah, because someone put that out on the internet. Yeah. Here's my question. You know, here's a guy. I don't know if he's ever done been a good guy, a bad guy. I don't know Bruce Willis. I'm just gonna say I never heard tremendously bad things about him. Uh I right. heard, you know, but he's going through some really bad, you know, it's, he's going through some difficult shit right now. Well, who are these people that get off on putting out that people have passed away? What 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 is wrong with people? You know, that, that means the kid's going to hear it. The parents, you know, other people. Why does he want, why do people want to do that to other people? Why? I just don't understand that. Right. I, when yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Cause you called me and then I hung up the phone with you and then I go, I need to go look this up because I didn't, I didn't hear anything about it afterwards. And so then I went right. and looked it up and then it said, no, this was, but what is wrong with people? Why, why, why are we? So fucked up that I I mean what 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 do you get by by getting on a Twitter box and typing something like that out? What what's in it for you? You know, uh, like I said, man, everybody has a handgun now. You know, everybody's been given a handgun and a body. We got a handgun in one hand and a big bottle of Jack Daniels in the other, and you know we're all told <laughs> to go outside and play. <laughs> I like that you. I like that you said put a big bottle of Jack Daniels in the other hand because yeah, you're fucked up and you're doing fuck. I don't understand it though, but that that you know, I just you know, I I here's not that I have. I'm not trying to. I, I can't relate to Bruce Willis because I don't know who Bruce Willis is. I, I'm just saying I can relate to the idea that you're uh, in the entertainment business. It's your profession. You work hard to get to a certain level in this business. And it's, you know, no fault of your own. Your body lets you down and it's taken away from you. And then to have these weirdos out there doing these things to you. 
It may it, it, it it's why I I become so I'm more jaded than I think I've ever been and just not enjoying people as much. Shit like that just pisses me off. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, and I, and I you know, and I and I should have probably checked. Uh, well, some you were sources, talking to me, but you were talking but, to me. You know, it wasn't like yeah, but not yeah. only that, knowing that he had the health issues, yeah, it seemed to like go. You you wouldn't go. Oh, that's far fetched, right? But. You know, you still should check the sources. But yeah, but it, it was we were having a conversation. It wasn't like you posted it or anything like that. But, right. But I mean, it's just I don't I don't understand what's wrong with people. And you know, not that it's the holidays and it should make a difference. But yeah, it's the holidays. How would you like to be sitting at home and then you know you're a kid and all of a sudden you're one of Bruce Willis's kids and that flashes by you on social? It's, it's just fucked up. People are fucked up. I'm just sick of fucked yeah. up people. Yeah, but so I, I'll get off that little soapbox there. I just I, I don't know why. It just it it really it, it really bothered me. And then when you said Bruce Willis's name right now, it just went right there immediately. Right. Um, <clears throat> I'll tell you something that uh, you know, kind of fucked up as a fan of something. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, the the news <clears throat> for comic book geeks. And the DCEU, I kept saying DCU, but somebody corrected me in an email we'll read uh, tomorrow that it's the DCEU. Um, and, you know, Henry Cavill is no longer playing Superman because both, uh, what's his name, James Gunn and Peter Safran uh, have decided to shake things up over at Warner Brothers. And a lot of people were disappointed because <clears throat> they felt like, uh, Henry Cavill should have gotten a fair shake as Superman. And that whole thing, and we've talked about it, I, you know, that whole Warner Brothers thing has been a big head scratcher. Like, what the fuck are they doing? But the part that fucks me up, and I don't know if I told you this, but uh, I know Neri knows this. You know, Peter Safran used to be my manager. No, I didn't know that. Yes. He was my manager for about six months. Uh, like the current manager who I have now, excuse me, uh, Jeff Chetty, who I've been with since forever, uh, after I left Peter, uh, he looks like Paul Rudd, like an older Paul Rudd. But anyway, Jeff's vibe and I personally have always clicked, whereas Peter and I didn't really click. He just seemed like a very stiff kind of guy. Uh, but one of the reasons why I mainly left him was because I think he wanted to fuck my baby mother. I don't know this, but I know this. You feel it. I feel it. Because every time I would introduce her, we, like we went to Hollywood functions and she was with me, the way he, like he would shake her hand, but then do the thing where you mm, kiss the top of the, the, the hand. Yeah. And, and, and he just looked at her a certain way. And I went, this motherfucker is trying to fuck my baby mother. I'm not fucking with him. Now knowing where he is, I wish he would have fucked her. <laughs> Cause I could, I could, I, if I, especially if I was in the tip top shape, I could be cyborg nigga, maybe. <laughs> so really what you, what is coming down to is the women in your life besides you have fucked the wrong other men. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> they fucked men and didn't really gain anything from it. <laughs> and, and couldn't put you in a better position. Put, put me in a better goddamn spot. Okay. I get it now. I get it. I'm gonna have uh, to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to send Tara out. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> got a whore. We got a whore. Our, our girls out better than this. You know. Uh, damn. Who was it? 
Yeah, you know who it was? Who I think it was, man, I don't want to say who it was. Um, just in case. Uh, but there was a comedian, a famous comedian that was telling me about how uh oh fuck it, I'll say who it was. It was Pablo Francisco that was telling me about how when he was starting out, right. he would go to the clubs. <laughs> Uh, the comedy clubs, but he'd always go with girls. Like he'd always bring girls. And because of that, the people in the business, you know, the, you know, this is a, a while ago, but the people you the mentioned business, this actually before yet, the people in the business were attract, you know, he not only was he funny, but the dudes in the business wanted to be around him because he was bringing all these girls around. It's like he brought the vaginal cocaine to the party. Yes. It's an enhancement. It's a vaginal enhancement. Yes. To your to your comedy and your acting career, I guess that's what it is. But yeah, that makes sense. You know, um, before we are, we, are you uh, you got any other extras or do you? Uh, no, no, not really. Okay, no. so let me just throw this last extra out there. Uh, this is the Christmas episode officially. Well, yeah, because this uh, Christmas is on Sunday. This is on uh, Wednesday. <sighs> there you go. So Merry Christmas! Uh, it's to- all you hoes. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> that would have been better if it was in a... Uh, uh, fuck, now I can't even remember his name. Never mind. Fuck it. Move on. Uh, Rocky. No, I was going to say uh, uh, Red Fox. That, oh, <laughs> right, right. With that 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 voice. All mm. right. So uh, you put me on to this. this uh, yes. Yo, this, it's a four-part documentary. <clears throat> simply entitled Shaq on HBO. Uh, to me, I my hands down, one of the best fucking sports docs I've ever seen. Hands fucking down. It was how smooth Shaq is in this doc. Like he's just so Shaq is just one of those guys who was built for, for this, for everything. Right. I, I'm not saying that like, I mean, he, you see what he goes through. But when whatever realization Shaq's had in his life, he was built to be in entertainment. Dude, my first note, other than the one I just said about this being the hands down best fucking doc ever. I said, will we ever see another Shaq? Pure physical dominance and a true entertainer. No, no. Right. No, you know why I say that? And when you say pure physical dominance, there's been guys that are dominant. In basketball, I, I'm, I'm I'm taking basketball. It, this is just from this standpoint. But he's seven what seven? How to? I think seven one seven two. What? Uh, seven foot. God damn it! There's other seven footers. I don't know. <clears throat> I can't think of anyone that's built. And I, I, I the word proportional is the way I want to say this. He. I know the word better than that. But go ahead. Okay, you shrink him down. You raise him up, whatever it is. His, I know there's guys. What look at some of these big, the, the tall guys that play small legs or thin arms or narrow short. He is built like a dude. Like he, whatever size he is. If he was five foot, but you shrunk him down to five, he looks stout. He's right. he doesn't have small ankles. And I, what I mean by this is, um, you see these other guys. I, I know, I know an NBA player. You know, he was like six ten. But he had like small calves and small, you know, he could be he could be moved. Shaq was this one except like from top to bottom. He's just built all the way up. And I don't think there's anybody who's ever going to be built that 
perfect for what position he played and have that kind of coordination as well. Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The word I like is the word Stephen A. Smith has used several times. Girth. Girth. Like, it, it. besides the height, which, again, at the center position, everybody's seven foot, basically. Yeah. But like you said, they're a lean seven foot. Now, when Shaq was in Orlando, he was at his slimmest, but still he had girth. There's, there's, so it's the combination with the height and the girth mixed with the strength and the speed and athleticism. Fucking. Wow. Wow. And it's not until you see those old clips that you're reminded how amazing this motherfucker was. And as and as as dominant as he was in Orlando, he was at the apex of his dominance in LA. Yes and no, because he was at his apex for a, a moment. He let his body get too big. But that was his moment. That was his moment. But you know, as Kobe's Kobe said famously, if he was had the same work worth ethic you had, what would Shaq be? And he goes, undeniably the greatest of all times, unstoppable. Right. If he had Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant's veracity and ferociousness and For, work ethic, work ethic, uh, and could shoot the free throws, oh yes, but he hands could, down, but he could shoot free free throws. It was just for whatever reason when he in, in game time, whatever it is, that was that was the big deal. That was that was the problem. But also when you're getting hackashacked. Even be, I, there's a lot that goes into this, but we'll, we'll talk about this more as, as we talk about the like, samples. Like, like, and, and again, when you marry the two in terms of the ball playing ability, and listen, Joel Embiid, I don't think he's is no one is I don't think he's on the level of Shaq, but for what he for what he can do as a big man, Joel Embiid is 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 a, is a true big man. Um, I'm trying to think of who else just is a true not, big man. I, not playing now, Will Chamberlain. But Will Chamberlain looks thin. If you put Will Chamberlain up to Shaq, he looks thin. Okay, let me, let me, let me do that. Even if you took all the big men of the past, Hakeem, Russell, Will, Kareem, Walton, none of them have Shaq's entertainment value. None. Or off the court. Shaq is such... And, and, and again... Anybody that's ever known Shaq, met Shaq, he, he's a he's a wannabe comedian. He is a wannabe stand-up comic. If he could do stand-up, he would. He loves making people laugh. He loves being silly. And, and of course, you know, I think it was in uh, the third episode, which I'll just jump ahead a little bit. This is why I'm going, dude, I knew. I knew, I knew, I knew, I knew. Before they made, the, made it official, when they announced that Shaq was going to come to TNT. I said, yo, this show's about to be hot. It was already good because Barkley is so so goddamn a breath of fresh air in terms of his 
fuck political correctness and say whatever I want and do whatever I want attitude and persona. And Kenny Smith's got that New York swagger. Ernie Johnson steers the ship. I said, man, when they bring Shaq on, it's a wrap. And the thing I love was there was a documentary on HBO that you could see, too, about the NBA's T- NBA on TNT. And the thing they showed was when Shaq first got there, he was trying to force it. He was trying to force the funny. He, he you know, he would he would try to get Kenny and Ch- and Chuck to do some shit. And they would cut to Kenny and Chuck. And they both had these looks on their faces like, dude, what are you, what are you doing, man? Like, let it come naturally. And when Shaq figured that out, it was a wrap. Uh, I, I love when when that, you know, you jumped ahead to uh, the third episode. So let's just do, do that, though. But he says, uh, when they came to him, they go, hey, we don't need you. We want you. We're already right. success. But they knew. They knew. Right. That, yeah. that 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 was going to be you know that that was going to be the end you know Barkley on the one side, uh, Shaq on the other side, and then Kenny and Ernie in the middle. That that right. was that was you know you bookended. Yeah, you, you had what you needed. Uh, right. And the way that um, it gave some it, it gave really Barkley a place to play off. And what I really love is that Shaq always uses the fact that he has rings and Barkley doesn't. And Barkley doesn't even seem to care. I love, I love that, that right there. But they, I don't know how this is when an executive gets it right when they saw it. I don't know how how. Uh, I think it might have been fairly obvious, but they saw it and they went for it and they put it together. That that to me dude, was great, dude. When Shaq said, "I could have gone to TNT, or I could have gone to ESPN," he would have been so wasted at ESPN because they would have been. I don't know that he would have had the room to be who he naturally is like he like he is on TNT on ESPN it felt that that feels more like a this is work this is business this is how you blah 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 and and they would have obviously used Shaq for the serious talking points that is basketball which he does on TNT but the fact that they allow Shaq and Barkley the room to be kids that that speaks to the Again, the dude the, the, we, that speaks to our treehouse. No well, girls allowed. Well, and the other part of it is uh, now you got to remember when this is before or this is old ESPN that you know he was being asked to join, and the shows weren't the same. Uh, this four piece, this four piece band that, that's TNT inside the NBA, that four piece. It what's great about it for Shaq is Shaq likes to be the entertainer, like you just said. So now he has three other people. And he can play off other people making others mad at each other, or you know, the the that four, group of four works. Now, if they would have used him, they would have tried to get Shaq his own show, his own basketball show, and they didn't have the right pieces, right. and Shaq didn't get to be the entertainer. Oh, yes, it's all that yes. comedy, all the the fun, the the freewheeling person that he is is lost. So, right. yeah, I agree. I think that would have been a terrible move, especially back then. Now, I mean, now as they've gotten into these shows where now there's four panels and then they always have the uh, the, the navigator, the, the Ernie character that's always in the middle trying to really what they have them for is to produce helping the producer so they can get to commercial breaks and not stay on one topic for a very long time is how ESPN's right. working. Out. Right. Um, I don't ever feel that at uh 
uh, on inside the NBA. It's it's different. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't feel like a traditional. Like if I'm watching ESPN and whoever the four, uh, as you said, the, the the band members, whoever the four analysts are. Yeah. If it's fucking, you know, I know he ain't there no more. But if it was Paul Pierce, Jalen Rose, uh, uh, Tim Hardaway, and a woman, um, it just felt like very suit and tie. This is how we do things. Structure, eh, and that's cool. If you just want straight basketball talk, but the fact that you could get that with Kenny, Shaq, Ernie, and Chuck, but also get fun. They, they're not afraid to make fun of themselves. The way Shaq and Barkley, it's like big brother, little brother. You know, Kenny is funny in his own right at times. Ernie steers the shit. I mean, it's just, it's you, you coined it right. A great band. Yeah. They are, they are a harmonious band, man. And, and even more towards your point, when I watch Jalen Rose on, on ESPN, it, it's kind of a waste because he has a little bit more of a, of entertainment sensibility. And, right. and so I can imagine if that take Shaq, that big gargarious person that he is, it would have been completely lost. But again, that's also to Shaq's acumen of, of, of business and entertainment he knew who to go with. He never said he made the most money by going to, uh, t- uh, inside the NBA in the beginning. I don't know. He, they didn't really discuss the money part. It sounded like ESPN might've been trying to give him more money. Just- right. But that's one of those things where, and I'm glad Shaq had the foresight to realize at that stage in his life, do you really need that much more money? Nope. Sacrifice the money for the greater good of the entertainment. And if you're the great, and if that, like you said, the band comes together, the money's going to be there. You're going to put that right. together. So I, I'm, I was re- that, that this is why, again, I go back to saying, I think Shaq, there's some people that just have this innately built into them. And he, these decisions that he makes are the right decisions. So yeah. uh, that's another, that's another point for, uh, for Shaq. Uh, you know, um, and this is why, I, you know, as I'm watching this, I'm going as breathtaking as Michael Jordan was on the court. He was elusive and boring off of it. Yeah. Uh, which is why I like The Last Dance so much because we finally got to see the guy who's not just sometimes I dream. Yeah. We got to see a bitch, fathead motherfucker, you know, uh, ho. You know, we, we got to see, even if, if that's not necessarily the most, like the opposite of Shaq in terms of kindness or whatever you want to call it. We got to see something about Michael that wasn't fucking prepackaged and clean and wholesome. Right. One of my favorite moments in Last Dance, and I know this is supposed to be about Shaq, but one of my favorite moments in Last Dance, because it's such an honest moment. And of course, people who aren't funny, who don't have the gift to produce funny on command, they can often be funny just by being truthful. And the funny comes from their an accidental truth. But it's like with that that moment when Michael Jordan is on the on the on the floor stretching, and he tells Scott Burrell, "Hey Scott, you can't guard me tonight. You're gonna have to guard Judd." And he goes, "No, I want to guard you." He said, "Man, if you can guard me, there's over two hundred something jobs looking for you." <laughs> like just, hey, <laughs> and he goes, "You know, you might get us because we're wounded, but you know, uh, you know, be careful because when a dog is wounded, that main dog he bite the shit out you." Just to see Michael with personality yeah. was so fucking fun. 
So, you know, and Shaq just oozes personality. But, but th- th- there's another, there's another parallel right there uh, with Shaq and, uh, uh, and, and Michael, because what you just said is really important. Uh, Cause prepackaged Michael, the, the Michael that you, that was being sold to the public. And that's what, and he was careful to keep that image together. Again, we've talked about this. Michael opened the door for everyone. And the reason I think this is such a big deal is Shaq says it without saying it. Hey, there's jump man. I'm dunk right. man. Yeah. You know, this is my, his logo, him flying through the air, dunking a ball. This is how I dunk a ball. Different. Yeah. But the yeah. same, but it's the same. He didn't, I, as much as I love Shaq and, and you said, this is supposed to be about, uh, about Shaq, not Michael, but as much as I love Shaq and, 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 and I love this, uh, uh, doc, he just, he, why takes a, why, why you have something that works. This is what, this is also a very smart person. This works. I'm going to take right. this. This is what works. This is what, but now that door is open. I can go through this wall. I can, I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to run through the open door and run into the next room and the next room and the next room. And that's what everybody's been able to do since Michael. Mike. Well, you know, he kept saying, Chad kept saying, you know, he went to LSU for marketing, but I'm just going, dude, and I don't want to slight his, you know, him going to school and getting a degree for marketing. But it's like, dude, when you're that big and you have that kind of presence, but you also have the personality, how hard do you have to market Shaq? Shaq markets markets uh, himself, doesn't he? Yeah. That personality. Could, could you imagine if with Shaq's size and physical presence, if he had Mike Tyson's I'll fuck you in the ass in front of everybody bravado? You know, you don't even have to do Mike Tyson. Give him Kareem's. Okay. Give him Kareem. How would he how would he be portrayed if he was Kareem? That right. personality. Aloof. Didn't want to stoic. talk to the media after. Right. This guy couldn't wait to talk to the media. Couldn't right. wait to tell you something in a way that it was very Shaq-esque. He wanted to right. he wanted to see himself on ESPN that night. And you know, I and and I and I hate giving Kareem that that title, but that's what Kareem had with the media at the time. Had there been an ESPN when Kareem, a, a big ESPN presence at the time when Kareem was at his peak, maybe it would be a little bit different. Maybe he could control his image, not the, the local reporters, the paper reporters controlled your image back then. But maybe right. if there was an ESPN, maybe he would have been a little bit different. But Shaq couldn't wait to be see his face on ESPN. I'm sure he, Shaq is the kind of, and I, I don't know this because it doesn't say this, but I just, I, you know him, you've met him. I think Shaq is the kind of guy that would do something in the game and couldn't wait to get home to see it on ESPN that night. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt that. I wouldn't doubt that. So he's perfect for what he does. But not only is he perfect for what he does as the entertainer, but uh, again, you you know, without that skill, that ability, and he has so much skill. And listen, I, I don't put him as my top two picks. I told you my top two centers I'm going Kareem and then I'm I'm going Elijah and then I'm going Shaq. And 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 after watching this, I feel bad about myself for that pick because he is more dominant uh physically. I just Dude, I, I need someone at the end of the game though. You know, I, I and I know every generation likes to say that their generation was the best. You know, 
I'm sure my dad and your dad would scream to the rafters, man, yo, just don't understand. We had Kareem and Oscar Robinson. And I'm just going, I just feel like we, the 90s, our era, we're so spoiled. We really had the best of the best. And the proof is in the pudding. Obviously, MJ, hands down, dominated the 90s. But when you talk about great big men of that era, Shaq, Ewing, Hakeem, Robinson, uh, you can't even, I can't even honestly name a big man today other than Joel Embiid. Name four more Uh, that are legit centers. The Sun Center. Um, What's his name? But the fact you got to go, um. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I think he, I don't, my problem, the reason I'm having a hard time saying it, DeAndre, is, is, uh, he isn't dominant like that. He's he. I don't want to say That's he's what I'm soft. Saying. I'm not saying he's soft, but he's he's a gentle big man. I, I you know, he had he plays the game a little different, a little smoother. But Shaq just went in. No, no one, you know, no one was going to take that charge from Shaq when he's coming down the lane. No one's gonna, no, no, because you're going to get hurt. Right. <laughs> the bottom line is what's going to happen. Um, right. No, I can't think of any, you know, big, big, you know. That's what I'm saying. Like, we, that 90s era, we we saw it all. But the game moved away from that. The game went back to guards. And it isn't about the big man. It's gonna, I know, but if there, were, if there was some true big men that had Shaq's type talent or Ewing or Akeem in college, they would be in the pros. Yeah. It's like they stopped the basketball gods stopped making them. No, they're there. I know we're missing somebody. We're missing some. I, but that proves my point. The fact that we're even having dead space. Yeah. Trying to think of somebody. In the 90s, those names rolled off your tongue. Shaq, Ewing, Akeem, Robinson. Those names rolled off your tongue. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And it was it was a di- but it was a different kind of game. It's more wide open. It's about the three. The big man now has to be able to step back and take a three. It's a different. It's a different big man, right? So, uh, I know this is Shaq mentioned this, so uh, that's why I want to mention this just real quick, and I uh, want to get your opinion on this because I know you you'll remember this dude, and I it, when he mentioned it, I went, oh shit, that's right. But I'm wondering if. You could really say this. Um, I think here's two parts. And obviously the first question, I think we both know the answer to it, but let me ask it anyway. Why doesn't Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf get his props uh, outside of the fact that he was blackballed? I think I just answered the question. But the second thing is Shaq said he was Steph before Steph. Would you agree with that? No. I, I I agree with it to a certain extent. Yeah, he was that character before, but do you think he was really as good as Steph? Do you think he could hit from that deep, or do you think the game just wasn't evolved that way where you could that you could before Steph? If someone pulled up from that far away to shoot a shot, I think they're oh, benched. They're, right, right, they're benched, right? right? If they're no, right. if they don't make it, and even they make it, it, it they're hot dogging. Yeah, I mean. So it's hard for me to say that because we're talking, we're comparing different time where I think Steph's game 
has opened up, obviously, the floor. And I don't think that a coach at that particular time would have went for that, would have been comfortable with that. Right. Um, but he could shoot the lights out. He could shoot the lights out. I, I, and I, I don't understand. You know, I was at an age where I wasn't. Uh, I didn't fixate on someone's issues like that. So when he had his uh, his time in the NBA, I didn't look at what uh, like him not wanting to stand or what, it, what everything he did. And they tried to make it a a big deal, but this there this was before social media, so it didn't get compounded. But it was a big deal. But it was a big deal, but it didn't affect me that same way. So I loved his game. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? I didn't, right. uh, I wasn't, I was like, you know, I, I understand. I understood. Uh, I also understood the NBA's rule. It, it was, it was different back then. You know, it was just, these are the rules. This is what's going to happen. You here's, here's, here's our happy medium. Go out there, do what you need to do. And then after a while, it just dies off because it's boring. You can't, they tried to show, I remember, I remember on a, on a weekend game, I'm trying to show him standing there for the national anthem. Here's my, right. you know, this whole national anthem thing, and I don't want to get stuck on this because this is supposed to be about Shaq. But if this if national anthem was so important, uh, how come they don't play it on all the games like they used to? I, as a kid, when I was growing up, the game started with that basketball. All the games were tell that the national anthem was televised. Do you think that that's because maybe they want to? Stay away from possible controversy, a la a Kaepernick. Uh, they don't want to even open up the door for anybody to make trouble. Well, so like they on, best not play it on football. I think they still do the. Don't they have a lot of the national anthems on the big games? Uh, you I know, know I'm do. not a football dude, but so. basketball they used to have it. Maybe that was something that you know they did for basketball. But basketball, all the games started with the national anthem. Doesn't it, the, the, the at the at the at the coliseums at the at the all, all the places you know the arenas they do, but not on TV. I think it's because it doesn't make money. <laughs> I mean, it does. It doesn't pay for itself, right? So, um, I, I don't know, but that's that's a good question. But yeah, he, I, I will say to your social media point, though. Do you think that if they did have social media back then, because now it seems like with social media, again, everybody has a voice, everybody has a platform. Enough people may have sided with him or come to his aid openly. So that maybe he doesn't get blackballed back then. No, I think he gets, I think it becomes, it becomes even worse, but you don't know because you don't know what social media would have brought out back then. You don't know how many people weren't speaking, but it, you know, it, it was just handled. I don't know. It was different. It was different and there was rules made and it just, it, I don't know. Uh, it was a different time. That, that was that. And you know, it's it, just the way David Stern, listen, we're going to get off the rails here a little bit. David Stern just handled shit differently. I think we went through something with Kyrie right now and it was because Adam Silver didn't handle it. He kind of let it cook up and turn into something. But when you say David Stern handle it, Mahmoud essentially got blackballed. Not on his doing. He made up rules and then he just had a stand for it. That's all. And he would just turn. I think he just either turned his back away, but he had a stand. And so they, they came up with a compromise and it was done. Their yeah, part. but he still was blackballed, though. Yeah, he was. But it, but it wasn't because of what Stern did. It was because it got put out into the into the media. 
nigga, would we tell you stand for that goddamn anthem, nigga? Stand for that anthem. Well, God damn it. Here, here's the thing about, about nigga, the- who does this nigga think he is turning around, putting his hands over his face like he's wearing a goddamn mask? Let us see your face, nigga. Chest out, chin up. Salute, nigga, salute. You know, everybody has a right to protest, and I and I get that. And here's my here's here's a little you know, I don't I don't know how you're gonna do how you deal with this. In the aspect that, you know, when you go play in another country or you go to the Olympics or you go, you know, they play the national they play whatever country's national anthem. And generally people just stand for it because it's just part of the procedure. Um I like Colin, I, I, I'm sorry. I like Colin Kaepernick's way that he did it. I, I think that the, uh, out of everybody who's had a protest and did what they wanted to do, there was a couple that I liked, but, uh, Colin Kaepernick's was great because when, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Tebow used to kneel. No big deal. So they they really had nothing to stand on, and, and it wasn't disrespectful at all. So anyway, without getting too far into that, uh, I like I like I said, I thought Stern handled it. It wasn't good for him, but he knew that it wasn't going to be good for him overall. You know, you're protesting uh, America in America. It's not going to be the best, and people don't even know how you didn't have a voice after the media put that out that you could pro that you could tell people why you were protesting. So this social media, although it's great that you can actually get your word out, but uh, the arguments that would have ensued back and forth would have been tremendous. So who knows? Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Um, <clears throat> listen, when you're an entertainer, certainly I think when you're an athlete, you have to have a little bit of an ego, but then I often wonder where the line gets blurred between, egotistical and narcissist um, because there's a moment where Shaq uh, and when he, before he left Orlando to go to LA, when he was like, yo, the motherfuckers need to pay me. You know, uh, yeah. I think Alonzo morning got a hundred something million. So he felt he needed more than him and he's the better center. And Shaq made a point where he said, uh, you know, I was looking out for Penny by making management sign him, which and to me felt narcissistic because he was really looking out for himself because he said, you know, they was going to sign Chris Webber and we didn't need Chris Webber. We didn't need two guys who, who could do the same thing. You know, Penny knew how to get me the ball. So I'm sitting here going, at the end of it, Shaq goes, so Penny should have went to management and said, pay Shaq. So is Shaq being narcissistic? Because it seems like when he says that, he's like, I looked out for Penny by telling management to sign Penny. No, you told management to sign Penny because that was going to be good for you. Well, And now you want Penny to go to management to tell management to pay you because that's good for you. It, it depends. Are you are you looking at it as Batman and Robin? Are you thinking about it, you know, where this is a, the dynamic duel and we need to stay together? so that we can we can accomplish our goals. If he's looking at it like that, then it's not a narcissistic idea. If he's looking at it like like, you know, he should want me here because I make him look good and he's I can get anybody to make me look good, then then it is narcissistic. But I, I think that he honestly loved the relationship that he had with Penny. And I think that I don't know. I I I, I smell more ego and narcissism than anything because Shaq even said at, at the great 
on that 30 for 30, uh, do you believe in magic? He said, you know, whoever team is my team is, that's just a useless title. When you're young, you care about those useless titles. But when you get older, that don't mean nothing. And, but when I was in 1920, it had to be my team. So <laughs> to Shaq's own admission, he was an egotistical motherfucker. Well, dude, you, I don't think you could play a sport Especially basketball, if you're not, if you don't, if you don't have some narcissism, if you're, if you don't have an enlarged ego, I mean, come on, listen, guys get on the court and they have to believe, you have to believe that you're the best player. But to what you said, if you, if what are your real, your real intentions, if your real intentions are about being the one two punch, being the Batman and Robin and winning titles, don't you have to sacrifice a little bit of paper? Like, let me jump ahead again. On the same episode three, when he said Pat Riley came to him and said, look, man, I could pay you this many hundreds of million, this this much, like a hundred and something million, and you'll have no players. It'll clear, we'll, we'll, to pay you what you want, we'll have to clear the fucking roster and you'll have no players. Or we can pay you a little less and you get to keep Walker, Zoe, uh, Gary Payton, Posey, D-Wade, Udonis Haslam. You know, you get to keep a, a, a team and Shaq said I went for the team well that's also because you're older now you're not as egotistical and physically you can't do what you used to do yeah but it felt like the old Shaq meaning the younger Shaq would have been like nah yo fuck that pay me this money fuck that well there's also the other part where you you're comparing money to being the best and that's at that particular moment he was one of the top players, if not the best player in the NBA. And you want that to be reflected. The only person who's never been that person is Michael Jordan. The only person that's never put their salary, their basketball salary, and said, I'm this and my salary reflects it, is Jordan. Jordan never made money until the, until the end of his career with the Bulls. Right. From... He never made money playing basketball. I mean, he made money, but that was... Yeah, most of his money came from the endorsements. Yeah, so, you know, this th that that's different. But people... Who else is involved in these in these things besides... And, and you know, when we talk about it, yeah, Shaq... Shaq wants to be paid because at a, at a young age, and you're the best, you're the most dominant... You want that reflected on your salary because you want to be seen that way. But who who helps egg put that forward? Oh, you know, the agent, nigga. Yeah, because he's getting paid off you. Right. So some of this, I don't know. Is it Shaq? Is it the agent? Is it the how does how does it all come together? Yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I mean, a right. lot if your agent is like, okay, this could be Shaq's last big contract. I need to get him all his money. What he's really saying is, this is my last chance. This is my windows closing on the amount of money I can make off of this person. Uh, the the agent, the agent role is a little unusual. I I know it's it, it it can be necessary, but is it? <laughs> um, like what exactly does he do? Yeah, I know. Yeah, that yeah. maybe Shaq couldn't do for himself. Yeah. I mean, you need you need a you know contracts, law degrees, but then we we know there's famous people in this business in our business that use a, an attorney and don't use yeah. an agent and tell and told their attorney, yeah, we're going to pay you this much. Well, agents get this much, yeah, but 
We ain't giving you that much. You're getting this and you're going to be making this. And that's it. You don't have to do anything except look at our contracts. Right. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. This is, you know, how how does that work? I mean, I've never been in a position where my ego uh, was based, my ego and my lifestyle was based on how much money I made. Right. You know, and I, I don't have that. I don't have that problem. But if you, if you are the number one, if you're the number one athlete in the NBA and you, you have statistics to prove that you're the number one, don't you want the team to reward you like you're number one? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm always a fan for you should be paid accordingly, but if you can, like you just said, if I can have more players, if I can have... But that's also you realizing where you are in your career and that you have to be realistic. Yeah. Yeah, we're, well, we're seeing it in the NFL a lot with quarterbacks taking these ex- extremely high salaries and then complaining that they right. don't have anybody to throw the ball to. So I, I don't know. This this is a... I, I don't know where ego... And financial and narcissism and, and just your place in an industry line up together. And I don't think that I, I think even in what we do doesn't count. And I, I don't mean to sound like I'm, I'm bypassing entertainment, but we're talking about a much smaller window. We can do comedy forever as an actor. I mean, people have been acting for, for years. Some of the best actors have started off young and are, are, are old. I mean, the window is much larger. As an athlete, you only have so much time to make that money, and no, you don't know what's going to happen after your career is over. Yeah. No, I hear you. It, it, yeah, I hear you. So, I, I, I when it, when is it narcissism taking place, and when is your value and your and your opportunity to earn the the priority? I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough one because I've seen people who sign for less to stay with the team. Now they're not the number one player, but they sign for less because they want to stay with the team. We need you. Yes, we can only pay you this much. And then you get into the middle of the season and they trade that player because it was a good contract and they can get someone better. Right. So I thought you needed me. Mm. Um, <clears throat> Shaq would often say, uh, him and Kobe were the best one-two punch in NBA history. Um, that was a tough one for me to hear. Well, well here's what I was going to say. Uh, between Shaq and Kobe and MJ and Pippen. Uh, now, to me, Shaq and Kobe were equally as potent. MJ and Scotty weren't. Michael Jordan was the clear, was clearly the star of the two, even though Pippen was very potent. Uh, Kobe and Shaq won three together, but Shaq won one without Kobe. Shaq won two without Shaq. Kobe won two without Shaq. Right. Kobe won two without Shaq. Who's the better one-two punch? Shaq and Kobe or MJ and Scotty? You know, <sighs> and to me, keep in mind, Michael and Scotty went 72 and 10, which is a record before 73 and nine yeah. warriors broke it, but it don't mean a thing without the ring and they didn't get one. So fuck that. And MJ and Scotty won six. I, Kobe I, and Shaq won three. I, I think, I think it's really important when you talk about a one, two punch in sports 
that someone know that they that the two the one and two know which one is Batman and which one's Robin. I think it's a better team when one knows which one they are. I think Mike and Scotty is Batman and Robin. Right. Shaq and Kobe are Batman and Superman and, Batman. and Superman. Yeah, and that's yeah. that's a tougher way to play. That's a tougher. You know, when they won the championship, when it was uh, Kobe and Shaq, and they won that first championship in L.A., there was a definite Batman, and there was a definite Robin on that team. I know that Kobe was still great, but when you're throwing a ball, a lob and a ball up for the big man to come dunk it, that's the Robin throwing the ball to, uh, right. to, to Batman, right? Am I wrong? Right. No, no, you're right. Uh, so that's the way that I see that. I can't see it, uh, the other way. I, I, I just can't. Uh, so, and I, and that was the year that they won. They did win their title. Um, I think that when you have a team, when you have a, a situation where you had, um, Michael and you have Scotty and you have two people that are willing to take that position, I mean, Kobe could have stated that as Robin, but he didn't want to. He wanted to be Batman. Even the, I think that uh, Scotty was always willing to allow Michael to be Michael. He never tried. There was no way that he was going to dominate. Or is it that no one ever thought that they could be Michael, be better than Michael? No, I, I, I think that that was a clear cut case of Scotty knew he was not, you know, my, Michael was the God. So if Michael he knew went, he was he, a strong angel. If Michael went to any team, is anyone going to say, no, this is going to be my team? Let me jump ahead to what you, to prove to what you just said to prove this point. I wrote, I don't give a fuck what you say. If you put Michael Jordan on that 2000 uh, Blazers team with a 15 point lead in the fourth quarter with less than five minutes to go game seven, there's no way MJ then the Blazers lose that series. No, I, I the but, way the Lakers blew that. But I I think if you put Kobe, there's no way that you lose that series. Okay, Kobe and MJ the same motherfucker. Yeah, but Pippen, Pippen missed the assignment. Yep. So that's the difference between MJ and 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 Scotty. Agreed. But now getting back to you got to go back to these guys though. Is that really the end of them because there was two Batmans? Can you have two Batmans on a team? I'm still scratching my head at how you have Kobe, Shaq, Carl Malone, and Gary Payton, and you get beat by a starless Detroit team, which goes to show you the purity and the beauty of basketball. Yes, the superstars are supposed to count. Yes, the superstars usually end up being the difference. But on that Detroit team, Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, Ben Wallace, Tayshaun Prince, and Rip Hamilton, there's no superstar there. And they beat them dudes. Yeah, but they were a really good team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The, the, yeah. the purity of the game. Yeah. If you really know how to, if you play the game the right way, and you are that harmonious in sync instrument that is called a team. Yes. But I'm, I still don't understand how you have Gary Payton, Carl Malone, Shaq and Kobe, and not win that series. Something was wrong. 
Yeah, but that team doesn't. That 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 team just doesn't work for me. I don't know why it just doesn't work. <clears throat> I, I the Carl Malone factor is is very interesting to me. Like I don't get Carl Malone, one of the greatest power forwards ever, playing alongside the most dominant center, one of the most dominant centers. Got Kobe, Gary Payton, bona fide point guard. Yeah. So someone falls on someone. I don't know. Um, dude, I love when they play. Like, look, and once they got past that team, uh, and, and let's be honest, that that Blazers-Lakers series, that was the finals. Because once they got to the finals and they played the 76ers and how Shaq and them was like, yo, we steamrolled to the finals so so quickly because we swept everybody that we had all that time off yeah. and the Sixers were in rhythm and we got them in rhythm and they beat us that one game. And I truly believe that if that hadn't been the case, the Lakers would have swept their way through the whole goddamn playoffs. But I love at the end, like, like it's so funny. After that first game, when the, the famous, you know, Allen Iverson walking over Tyron Lue, that first win, and they cut to Allen Iverson in the locker room basically going, now they know we can beat them. They know we made our mark. I'm like, niggas, stop it. <laughs> There's no way y'all really believe y'all was going to win this series. So much so that, dude, at the end of it, when the series was finally over, I love when they cut the AI. He just goes, too much kill O'Neal, man. Just too much kill O'Neal. That's how dominant. Like, they had no answer for that motherfucker. Well, and that and that was the other thing. During his prime, I mean, who who do you... Who can you put on him? And that's right. where that's where the hack shack comes from because there's nothing else you can do except, and they were talked about, and I love this in the doc too, where the, it, teams were getting as many centers as they could just for the fouls. Right. I love the moment when, and, and this is again, whatever that aroma is that you get after a win that sometimes can go to your head and make you think stupidly. Yeah. I love when, when Shaq was talking about I'm now, I'm eating Frosted Flakes and Jerome give me the paper and Matumbo's like, I'm going to play him one-on-one. Like, in other words, because we got that first win, I don't need no backup. I got this. And Shaq said, that? That right there? Sign of disrespect. I'm going to bust his ass. But And then they cut to fucking Dikembe with a thousand ice packs on. <laughs> but that is part of why I say you have to be slightly a narcissist to be to be an exceptional player, you have to believe that you can't go into a game fearing the other play, other opponent. You can't. You 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 lost if you walked in fearing the other opponent. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know they, when he when he when he said, uh, I think when and, and then when they won their second title uh, in the finals against New Jersey, and then that was you know, Kerry Kittles. Richard Jefferson, Vince Carter, and Jason Kidd, and Keon Martin. You know, uh, Byron Scott was coaching that team. And he was just like, uh, he kind of alluded to what AI alluded to. and was just like, uh, there's nobody in this league that can stop that big man. And that's everybody's problem. Not just our problem. The other 28 teams have the same fucking problem. But now, if Shaq... He said when Shaq made up his mind to play... 
You that was it. It's if, over. But you needed to. He needed to make up his mind to play it. That was the. That was the. That was the downside. But if Shaq could play, make his free throws consistently, does it change everything? Does he win more championships? Absolutely. I think if Shaq made his free throws and took his 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 weight seriously, his regiment, and again had a Kobe like uh, approach. Oh, absolutely. Do you think if someone would have sat him down as he got a little bigger and said, this is your body when you came out of, when you came into the NBA, this is your body when you're, when you're playing in Orlando, this is the amount, like what they said, the amount of pressure that each pound puts on, on, on your legs, your ankles. Do you think if someone would have spoke to him at the beginning that he could, that they, that that, that could have influenced him? Do you think that some, or do you think Shaq was going to be who Shaq was no matter what? I think, I think, Shaq was going to be who Shaq was, and as Shaq alludes, you know, as he alludes to a lot in this uh, documentary, the one person that had his ear like that or could have his ear like that was, you know, his father Philip Harrison and Jerome. Yeah. So I'm sure they talked to him, but Shaq was, you know, listen, you could do all the talking you want to somebody. A grown man is a grown man, and no matter how influential you are, a grown man is going to do what a grown man wants to do. And Shaq liked to party. He liked to eat. He liked the girls. He liked to have fun. I love when when Phil Jackson goes, Kobe said, look, I'm not into spinning rims. I'm not into girls. I'm not into none of that. I'm into basketball. No hanging out. No going to clubs. I'm into basketball. Shaq was into basketball too, but he was also into that other shit. Yeah. And that's the difference. So do you think... There's a lot of people that play basketball and are great basketball players. And they have they have a singular focus to be the greatest, to be a bat, to be one of the greatest basketball players ever. That's not Shaq though, is it? No, I think Shaq thought he already was one of the greatest. So he was so yeah, he was content in knowing he was a bad motherfucker. Whereas Michael and Scott Michael and and, and Kobe were possessed with I have to beat you. You cannot beat me. Which is why, again, I know we talk about Shaq, but when Mike finally won, no one else ate on his watch. Yes, you want you, you people bring up the Orlando Magic. Yeah, he got back from basketball, from baseball. He didn't have basketball legs. He wasn't in shape. He didn't have his wind. You know, he 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 uh he only he came back with 14 games left in the season. He wasn't basketball ready. But then you saw when they got Rodman and he trained during the summer, 72 and 10, and the rest is history. Nobody else ate on Mike's watch once he won. So that, that, that's a, man, that's that mentality, man. That fucking mentality. Shaq liked to have fun, man, period. Could Shaq and, uh, and Michael have played on the same team? Oh, I think that would have just been unfair, unfair to, <laughs> to, the, to the point where somebody should be sued. But could they? Do you think there could have been those two Batmans? Oh, absolutely. But that's two Batmans again. Yeah, but MJ, MJ's a different kind of sauce, man. You know, people almost want that on their resume. I played with Babe fucking Ruth. Here's my question. That Sixers team, if you take Matumbo off that team and you replace him with Hakeem Olajuwon, do they still lose that series? I don't know. Because Akeem is the only center 
that the Shaq's admission would give him the business. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know because that's that, that. I definitely think they 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 win more than one game. Yeah. I because Akeem Akeem to me his all around game and, and talking about coordinate it be the footwork the skills underneath the basket. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I I I, I you know I I think Akeem makes Shaq better. I think right. Shaq makes Akeem better. I mean, you needed those two guys. Those two. If if Shaq didn't have anybody else, I mean, who was really. Who else is going to go meet up with Shaq down low like that? Is there anybody else? Right. I mean, yeah, yeah. There was a uh, 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 Ewing, but 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 Shaq, Ewing, Shaq would, yeah, yeah Ewing Shaq did, would get some. Yeah, go ahead. Shaq, no, I'm sorry. Shaq in, in the Ewing Shaq matchups, Shaq seemed to dominate that because Shaq had better footwork. I mean, Ewing had the big man, big man footwork. Shaq has some like guard skills down there, and the way he moves around underneath the basket. And Akeem really had him. And Akeem really had him. So those two guys, I felt like made each other better. Uh, you know who was great? Who's great though? And we we brought him up, and he's an undersized center though, is Alonzo Mourning, and could really body people. He moved people. He was physically uh, ferocious, but not dominant the same way that that Shaq is I th- offensive, I think, offensively. I think but I think that was due more just to height and size. Yeah, but offensively... Because he was really more powerful. I would say a strong power forward than a true center. Yeah, but he played with his back to the basket, so that's his center. Yeah. But but his offense wasn't... Shaq's offense was still... Shaq and Akeem's offense was... Were you... Unbelievable. Those two... That's a that's a whole that that that's the game that I would like to that's the doc Shaq or or the videos that I'd like to watch, uh, Shaq and Akeem Shaq and Akeem that would be fun that would be worth watching. When they started talking about Kobe's situation, uh, in in Denver, yeah, uh, and Shaq was really adamant about, I'm not saying the R word. I'm going is the R word rat or rapist? And I think it's the second one, rapist. Yeah. You don't think it was rat because he was upset that Kobe ratted him out to the police and said Shaq pays off women that he fucks around with to not say nothing. So when he goes, I almost said R word. If you want, you go dig that up on your own. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I want to skip past that. I'm going, does he mean rat or rapist? I don't know. I, I thought it was I, I thought it was rapist, but he, he, the thing, the thing that would make me mad if I was Shaq is you get all this business from Kobe, and like Kobe said, I'm not interested in spinning wheels and girls. I'm here. I'm here to play basketball. And what derails Kobe for a while? Aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> that, my friends, is irony. And, and you know, I'm not putting. The, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sitting on judgment on this. I'm just saying the irony. Of, of that is I'm this guy. You should have got your surgery in the off season. Uh, it's all about basketball. Focus, focus, focus. No, no frills, no, no women. And, and that's what derails him. And, and that's, you know, that's essentially, I, I don't know. You know, I, I, can you imagine? And this is where I give bus a lot of credit though, too, because bus isn't really talked about here except in passing and Shaq wanting his money. But bus, bus is, 
how does Bus decide to do the things that he does? You go after you 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 go after Shaq. To, you got to bring him in. You get Kobe on this deal on this trade. You know you have this nucleus, but then when it comes time to break up the band, how does you know everyone thought that Bus was wrong, completely wrong? <sighs> you know, but I understand it. It's you know this is the this is the harsh reality. And this, if you are egotistical, this is what cuts into your ego. Shaq, I mean, Kobe's the younger gun. He's the, he's the Lamborghini. He's the young Lamborghini that's ready to go. Shaq is the big diesel 18-wheeler. But And I love this quote by Brian B. Shaw when he said, you can't put the tread back on the tires. Yeah, you can't do that. Yeah, I got it. So Shaq's, you know... He's older, the mileage. If, if this is about business, basketball business, do you stay with the 18-wheeler that you know is breaking down or headed towards being old? Or do you keep the young gun that's revving you know, and quick? Phil Jackson, though, you can't trade Shaq. Phil Jackson knows more. He's, he but doesn't here's where, see here's where he, Phil he, was wrong when he, he brought that up. He goes, I've never seen that trade work, whether it was Wilt leaving Philly to go to L.A. or th- then Luau, Luau Cinder leaving Milwaukee to come to L.A. I've never seen that trade work for the team that loses that person. Well, they lost Shaq, and here's irony again. Phil wins two more rings with the young gun. Yeah. So Phil was wrong. Not only was he wrong, I did that moment though when he goes, and you sh- and you shouldn't really worry about this because you're not going to be here next year either. And then they bring, right. and then he gets him to come back. Uh, Bus Bus should get more of a, a a better documentary because Bus is a very interesting and integral part of of all these careers that have gone through L.A. So it, 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 uh, you know you you see it, but but I don't. But let's not. I don't. I don't think we should take take it lightly that. Phil's no idiot. It, when he, you know, when he retired and said he was done, he he came back to coach who, the young gun. Yeah, he knew what Kobe was. Yeah, and if Kobe just had a couple of pieces, which he got, Ron Artest, Lamar Odom, Andrew Bynum, and Pau Gasol, <clears throat> you just gave MJ some players. So it ain't like Phil said, "Yo, I'm gonna come back to a real challenge." And coached the Knicks, who sucked. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to the Lakers where I know the biggest piece is Kobe. Right. I don't know. It's still very, it's still a very interesting uh, how it all broke out. Uh, Shaq, the fact that he did go get his other championship while he was still... He's, he, he, didn't, he didn't change himself at all. He just went to LA. Team, I mean, went to uh, Miami. Teams up with... Uh, uh, Wade and D Wade. Yeah. Now we, we did it again. Well, you know what, but here's the thing though. And this was my first note on that last episode when he said, uh, when he went to Miami, y'all think, Oh, he said it, it, like, it's like his motivation. Cause he said, LA threw me in the garbage. So y'all think I still can't do it. So when I went to my Miami, I said, okay, I'm gonna show you, but then I'm going, but did you, but did he really do it? Because it was D Wade. Shaq was stinking that series up. D-Wade, Flash. Ah, and I love how they cut that together. And I watched that series. 
Yo, D-Wade saved that series. If it wasn't for D-Wade, Shaq don't have another ring. Shaq was so garbage, that series. Well, he was injured. <clears throat> no, that was the year before. His first year with Miami when he said that Jermaine O'Neal gave him the bruise to the thigh. Yeah. That next year, he wasn't injured. You're right. He just started, you know, that age was like, nah, nigga, it ain't you no more. And D-Wade showed his ass. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back for a sec. Um, two quick things. Um, how much pussy do you think Rick Fox got? Before, Jesus. Before this haircut that he has now that he's, he's Oh, rocking. my God. Let me tell you something. If Jesus was ever truly proven to be black, he's Rick Fox. <laughs> Did you like his hair, though, in this? You like how he looks? Dude, I, I'm... It's, it's not for me to like or dislike. Fact of the matter is, Shaq used to call this nigga Pretty Ricky. For a reason. But I know he got a lot of pussy, man. Dude, he had to. He had... the re You know, I don't know what's wrong with this dude that he isn't in more things today. You know what I mean? Because he, right. he did act a little bit, didn't he? And was not bad. Just... Handsome as fuck, has all of his Tall, hair. Tall, athletic. Good. I don't put man. Shit. I don't understand why he hasn't got more out of this. But yeah, I I used to when I would watch this, I'd say the same thing to my to my friends when I'm watching these games. This dude must just be tearing it up. Oh, <laughs> oh. Um, you know, l- let me quiz you real quick. Uh. Tell me what this word spells. I'm going to spell it for you. Uh, it's something that Magic Johnson and a lot of black people say. Ready? Here's the spelling. S-U. Did you say S- F or S? S-U-S is in Sam. Okay. S-U. S-U-S-S-E-S-S. Success. No. Success. You know, everybody know that Shaq had a lot of success. That nigga pronounces success, success. See, when you put Magic's dialogue together, this is what I'm saying, like Magic improved because he was going to be a businessman. You know, when I'm in the playoff with the orange basketball, I had a lot of success. Stop fucking with magic. <laughs> Man. <laughs> he does not pronounce the C in that motherfucker at all. It's suck sass. That nigga is straight deboned the snake, nigga. Dude, they gave him a talk show when he couldn't talk. Listen, he is he's magic. It's who he is. Listen, you know, the thing is, when I had a basketball in the playoff, you got to be successful. Otherwise, you don't win no trophies. Success is important. <laughs> Leave magic alone. Uh, my last little bit on this. Um, <laughs> uh, Shaq has to be one of the most fortunate big men of all time. He has had some of the greatest one-two punches ever. Him and Penny, him and Kobe, him and Wade. And if he was... The Shaq of old as opposed to an old Shaq? No, he would have won with LeBron. He would have gave LeBron his first ring. Shaq and LeBron? I forgot that nigga played for Cleveland. Yeah. For one year. 
but it wasn't. Shaq, be- Shaq became the ultimate journeyman after uh, Miami. They what just, was it, Phoenix? He was in Phoenix, they, but he went to Phoenix, I think, to get healthier. He, he did get... Phoenix has a good medical team, and I think they helped him get healthier, but, you know, he was too old. Yeah, he he, old. Uh, Phoenix, Cleveland, and then he finished in Boston. Like, again, if Shaq was even an, uh, a, a, a portion of what he was in L.A., I don't know about Phoenix, but he definitely, if he was a fraction of what he was in L.A., you with LeBron, that's a ring, alongside the big three, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, and Kevin Garnett, that's another ring. Easy. Yeah, but he was, you know, his yeah, body. he was old. Yeah, his body was done. He was old. He was too, he was too heavy. He had to be weighing around 400 at the end. No, nah, I don't think that much. Like, Dude, wait, wait, they said it was 370. Three, uh, yeah. Yeah, they said in Miami he was 370-something. Yeah, I think when he got 400 at that size, isn't that hard to get to? All right, right. He's just a big boy, man. I, I, I love him. I think that he is, he is a value uh, to, to sports and sport entertainment. Because uh, I, I think, you know, as I said, Michael opens up the door for people for business. I think he opens up the door. He opened up, the, he, he kicked down the door for being that personality. I mean, as much as we talk about Chuck and he comes from more, from my, more of my time and he played in Phoenix, Chuck has a very funny, soft, I, I don't want to say he's a little bit more soft spoken than Shaq. Shaq is just, the, the, he, he's the louder more gargarious, fun. You know, he is the kid on that show. Yeah. He's the kid. And it's, uh, you, could, you couldn't have the fun that he brought to the NBA and what he's bringing in afterwards to this part of his career without someone, his personality. It's amazing. And like I say, some people are just made for what they do. You know, and he's made for it. He was, made, he was built specifically to be an entertainer. Um, and on a sentimental note, uh, I ain't gonna lie because I'm going, I'm, you know, I relate, you know, when Shaq to his, you know, he admits, Hey man, I've, I fucked up. You know, you, you don't know what it's like. Like, you know, I had two women who I love. Yeah. Uh, Shawnee being his second one, his first one. And he goes, I was just a big, rich, spoiled kid, man. You know, and to be in LA, which, you know, when you talk about pussy, oh boy. And then to go to Miami, when you talk about pussy, oh, oh boy. boy. So he basically fucked off both his relationships. And the part where he goes, when you come home and you look in the room where your kids used to play and they ain't there no more. You look in the closet and the clothes ain't there no more. And you got all this square footage and it's just silence. Man, that fucking touched my heart, nigga. Yeah, that was my only Oof. that was my only critique to this uh, documentary that I think um it was a good it was a good fourth episode. I think that I would have liked to have seen another episode. I thought they condensed that a little bit where you didn't really get the the retirement his emotional state, his person with his with his personal life. I think that could have been another episode. I think there was something else in there, but maybe he's saving that because he's still a young man, and he's still going through it. I mean, He's still young. I mean, he how old is he? 40? Uh no, I think like yeah, oh close to 50. 
there's still a lot to be said for him, I think. You know, even at that last episode when he's sitting in a chair and he's talking about it's date night. And he said, y'all fucking up my date night. And I'm just going, and I listen, I won't know because I'm not Shaq, but I would just go, damn, to be that big of a personality, that famous, that rich, to have this big, huge home or homes and you're dating. And, and you, you got to know, you got to know. You can't be naive. You got to know to some extent every woman is going to pretty much say yes to you because you are Shaq, the money, the fame, what you got. I guess you just weed that out until you your instinct or your gut tells you this could be the next one. Or, 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 or you just play that game of does she really like me for me? And now with the missing kids and the the, the women that you know did love you gone. And uh, that just seems like a sucky place to be in. Yeah, but it, he knows where he's at and he's still up for making his life better. How, how is that? How is, how do you not see like to me? Yeah. I, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, you have to go through it, but you know, I, I'm sure that he has a fast way of weeding people out. You can't have a personality like that. And where you're around people and you're that person people are either going to fit in that in his in his niche or they're going to get out of it there's there's no way that it's it's a a tough thing it either is or it isn't you know right so yeah i mean even when he was describing being old he was like you know i'll go to a nursing home i'm not going to force my kids to let me live with them uh he said that but i'll buy the nursing home and then turn this into a Video game room or a rec room or blah, 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 blah. And then I just slide off. I don't know. Something about him saying that. I'll just slide off. Like he's that in tune with reality or what could be his reality. I, I commend that. that. That's 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 a hat tip. Well, I, I think it's when you've accomplished what you wanted to accomplish. You see where you have made mistakes and are willing to make amends and now be uh you're willing to put yourself out there so that you can do a better job the next go around and that's what he's doing i you know he's he's a person that i really do admire i've always never said anything bad about him always admired him for what he what his uh his work uh his fun what he brings to things uh just one of those guys man that like i said you just see people and you know that they were made for what they're doing and i would I, you know you no one's going to say Mr. Rogers. I'm, I'm going to use Mr. Rogers as the, the, the bottom line example. He had that PBS show for kids. No, you know, a nice person. That's what he did. He had some other issues with, the, with his own family, whatever. He was made to do that job. Right. Shaq was made to be a gargarious entertainer, a fun person, the center of attention. And I guess the center of an NBA team. So it's who he is, man. Good for him. I wish they built something for someone who is me. I don't. I don't have that. Uh, it just. It fits. It fit. It just fits. So good for him. Good doc. Definitely worth watching. Yeah, five, for me, five yos out of five yos. Well, I'll give it five dunks. Five slam yeah, dunks. That'll, that'll work too. That'll work too. Tell me if you like the name for this episode. I think I got it. You ready? Yeah. Can you dig it? Can you dig, dig it? it? Yes. 
Yeah, writing it down right now. That that's that's great. It could be a volleyball episode too, but yes. I thought you were gonna give me success. Ah. <laughs> ah. <laughs> success. <laughs> no. I think I like that more than can you dig it? <laughs> How about it's the the big name is success it's spelled the way you spelled it, and then can you dig it is underneath. Yes. Success. Can you dig it? There you go. I like that. Do you, you want me to give out some dates real fast? Yeah. And obviously, we we let you know about our Magoobies date. It's the 29th uh, through the 31st. That's the New Year's Day. Please come out and check us out for New Year's. Uh, want to have some fun. Have a great time out there. Bring it, ring in the New Year. Then after that, we are going to be uh, January 5th through the 8th at Helium in Buffalo. Buffalo, New York. Cold. Can't wait to be yes. there. Uh, Helium, St. Louis, January 12th through the 15th. And then we're going to be at Toledo Funny Bone. Uh, that is January 27th through the 28th. And then a new day was just recently added. It is the Regent Theater uh, in Arlington, Mass, uh, February 4th. We'll have two shows out there, theater show, Please come on out and see us then. All right. Uh, I believe this comes to us from Kyron Scott. Uh, Instagram at I am I am K Y R A N S C O T T. Twitter at I am underscore K Y R A N. Um, those are the social handles, uh, and I will let Steve pick something from either his SoundCloud, MixCloud, or Bandcamp to play. I don't know exactly what it is that I'm playing. Uh, did not, uh, Welcome to the Starcade. That might be the name of it called Welcome to the Starcade. Ooh. So Steve will pick one, and there we go. And again, email us. At Ari Spears 45 at Hotmail. Of course, you know we're at Spearsburg Pod Patreon, Spearsburg Pod YouTube, Spearsburg Pod uh, Twitter, and Spearsburg Pod Instagram. I think that's it. Uh, we have named all the things we can name, and that is the true. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm, I'm going to get a dog. I'm going to name him Spearsburg Pod. You should. Uh, <laughs> Because that's the true measure of success. <laughs> there it is. Blood didn't make any difference. You had to take a microphone and you had to stick it in somebody's mouth and you had to have them say, I quit. And if you are any kind of a person, you never say quit. You never say, I quit. <laughs> Real quick. Samoan SWAT team, we 
custom to the rock off. Axe smash demolition, LOD knockoff. Clothes like the game, like Mr. Koloff. Crown drop of fame, like Mr. Orndorff. Slick with the doom hacksaw, push read. Super whole count, one, two, three. Ron Simmons, better yet, I'm Farouk. I can like Vortex, undertake your booth. Recruit, change leagues, now we all heal. Tournament champion, escape raw steel. Jimmy Snooker, green smoke, great Muda. Pressing missing links, rack Lex Luger. Scorpion submission, niggas feeling the steam. Candy Stone, Ronnie Garvin, step into the ring. Three before mics, niggas waving their hands. Rick Flair style, 60 minute man. American dream, doing American things. Holly Brace, king of the ring. Batman fiend like a fucking Z-Man. Tag team champ with no contra brand. Fox Flash. Brian Bill Man, Mustard Monday Night, Rob Van Dam, Holy Kane, homie, step up to the hall. Totally got a rolling in the baddest baby doll. Yeah, welcome to Story Kane. Oh my god, he's on the top rope. Welcome to Story Kane. He comes down with a suplex. The crowd is going bananas. He comes to Welcome to Story Kane. One. Welcome to Story Kane. Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. You don't like to do it face to face? No, I don't, I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. You mean it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look! You can get a doggy style, you can get Ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get to say. Got it?